Thank you for listening to the Coal Mine Podcast. This is David Cole from Dallas, Texas, and it's spring 2023. The state legislature is in session in Texas this year, and bills have begun to work their way through the committee process. This episode examines proposals to create a new set of business courts in the Texas civil justice system focused on large-scale commercial disputes involving businesses in Texas law. These proposed courts raise some novel questions under our Texas state constitution. This episode examines those questions and in turn asks its own question, is it worth creating a new court system to bring more certainty to business law in Texas when that new system itself rests on a less than certain constitutional foundation? legislature sits every other year in Texas, and this is one of those years. Among one of the bills working its way through the process this spring is a proposal for a business court system that would have jurisdiction over significant commercial disputes in Texas involving Texas businesses or Texas law. At the trial level, the governor would appoint that new court's judges to initial terms of two years to be followed by retention elections, at least in a current proposal for this system. The system would also include a new intermediate court of appeals. Believe it or not, it would be the 15th court of appeals. Texas already has 14 of them. And it would operate in between the new trial courts at the entry level of the system and the Texas Supreme Court that already exists at the top of the system. This structure raises some significant questions under our Texas state constitution. I start with the business trial court and the constitutional arguments pro and con. The state constitution speaks to the court system of Texas in its Article 5, amended in 1891, after its initial adoption along with the rest of our current state constitution in 1876 when the period of Reconstruction after the Civil War came to an end. Article 5 says, and I quote, The judicial power of the state shall be vested in, and it goes on to list several kinds of courts, including the county-level district courts that serve as the main workhorses of that system. The Constitution also says, again I quote, each district judge shall be elected by the qualified voters at a general election. The other relevant provision of Article 5 says that the legislature may establish such other courts as it may deem necessary. Broadly read, that provision allows the creation of a court with appointed judges. But read in context with the Constitution's other provisions about courts in Article 5, a good counterargument says that the power of a district judge may only be exercised by an elected judge, someone elected by the qualified voters at a general election, to use the Constitution's language. Under that reading, a shift of power by the legislature from an elected to an appointed judge would make an impermissible end run around that requirement. I'm going to pause there about the trial courts for a moment and now turn to the proposed new intermediate court of appeals. Again, I start with Article 5. It tells us that the state shall be divided into courts of appeals districts. Each court of appeals, and I quote, shall have appellate jurisdiction coextensive with the limits of their respective districts, which shall extend to all cases of which the district courts or county courts have original or appellate jurisdiction. In other words, Article 5 of our state constitution calls for the division of Texas into geographic areas, each of those areas having a court of appeals that covers the trial courts within that area and has jurisdiction over all appeals from those trial courts. The proposed 15th Court of Appeals is arguably inconsistent with that command in two ways. First, it encompasses the entire state. A court of appeals with jurisdiction over the entire state is, by definition, not one that results from a division of the state. It is undivided. 
And second, the new 15th Court would have jurisdiction over only one type of disputes, business cases. Consistent with the state constitution's language, however, the 14 courts of appeals that we have now today hear everything. The Constitution expressly says, and it has created, a generalist system where all the legal issues of a geographic area are processed through one set of intermediate appellate court judges. Those are the arguments against. The argument for is, again, as with the trial courts, Article 5's general command that the legislature may establish such other courts as it may deem necessary. Broadly read, this provision would allow the creation of a court without regard to any structural restraints on its jurisdiction or geographic scope. I've come to the same ending point twice, and that suggests there's common ground between these two questions about the trial and appellate courts. And it is this. Article 5 of the state constitution has to be read in the context in which it was created. Our Reconstruction-era constitution in this state reflects the politics of that time by placing significant limits on the power of central government. Its widespread use of elected judges is one example of that. Another example is the fact that I began this episode with by noting that our legislature only sits every other year. A statewide court of appeals focused on one topic is an awkward fit with that vision of a limited central government, and so are trial courts whose judges are appointed by the governor who leads the central government. A good counter to my observation is, well, isn't that ancient history? Perhaps so, but it's not what the United States Supreme Court has done in its recent significant constitutional opinions. They have focused on originalism, looking at the original meaning of key constitutional provisions in recent disputes about gun control and about abortion regulation. Both of those cases from the last Supreme Court term focused, in the case of gun control, exclusively on history, and in the case of overruling Roe v. Wade, substantially on a comprehensive analysis of whether state laws criminalized abortion when the 14th Amendment was enacted after the Civil War. It follows, then, that if history is the key to analyzing disputes about the state power to regulate guns and to regulate abortion, it would also be the key to this structural issue. And the drafters of the Texas Constitution would certainly not be enthusiastic about anything that would tend to centralize state power. Now, of course, there are counterarguments. There's a broad general grant of authority to the legislature in that same Constitution. And if a business court system is enacted and challenged under the Constitution, the courts could well conclude that the legislature has the power to create this kind of court system under its general power to establish other courts. But the stakes in any such constitutional litigation will be very high. If the courts ultimately come out the other way and adopt the view that is suggested by our state constitution's structure and the history that created it, then potentially every ruling by the then-unconstitutional business court system could fairly be challenged as void. The stated goal of the proposed business court system is to create more certainty for our Texas business community, but it is challenging to see how creating a body of law that could ultimately be invalidated, depending on how this sort of constitutional challenge to the business courts is resolved, is advancing that goal. Particularly so, when the Texas economy is already very strong, And the Supreme Court of Texas now and for some time has had a strong national reputation as a sophisticated court for commercial matters. In sum, is the business court system a valuable addition to our Texas civil justice system, or is it a solution in search of a problem that is best dealt with with the tools already at hand?
Today on Coalmine, I examine the proposal currently before our state legislature about a new system of business courts. I looked at whether those courts are consistent with how a decentralized, Reconstruction-era state constitution thought of the judiciary in the late 19th century, and conclude by asking whether it will really increase certainty in Texas business law to create a court system where such basic questions can be raised about the legitimacy of that system. In upcoming episodes of Coalmine, I anticipate more examinations of other laws being considered during this cycle of the legislature, as well as the aggressive use of originalist ideas in the courts as a guiding principle for analyzing constitutional questions. If you like this episode, I encourage you to join other happy listeners and leave a kind five-star review on Apple Podcasts. I'd also like to thank, as I periodically do, my college classmate Susan Levine for providing the music that begins and ends each episode. She has a band called The Lied Twos, and if you enjoy these little snippets, you should check out her songs and albums. I appreciate you listening to this podcast, and I look forward to sharing with you again soon. <laughs>